What's up, pukers? Pukers. You're listening to PukeCast. The show that pukes out the truth to everything you need to know to rise and thrive in the Web3 world. Because it's all about puking rainbows and smoking hopium. Again, thank you very much uh, for uh, for being here, for having us here. My name is George. I'm uh, one of the co-founders at Stack. Um, my background is I studied physics back in Georgia, in Republic of Georgia, where I'm originally from. Uh, and uh, right after graduating, I mm, realized that I didn't want to become a physicist and rather become someone who will create products that uh, billions of people will use and uh, will enjoy using. So. That's how I got into uh, building my first company. That was a um, an application for ordering groceries from the nearest shops. Uh, it was the first of its kind, uh, well, in, in the Middle East. But then uh, we we like I failed the project with one of my co-founders, and uh, then I went back to Republic of Georgia, where I um, wanted to share the knowledge that I gained while I was doing my first company with other aspiring interpreters. So I was doing it for two years. And then uh, since Dachi, who is also my co-founder and one of the speakers right here, uh, since we have been friends for, I think, 15 years already now, and uh, we always wanted to do something together. And at that time, Dachi was living in the Netherlands. I went to Netherlands, we had a little party, and then we said, okay, let's, uh, let's do something that will change the world. And this is basically a, a very short story of how Step got started. Cool. How about you, Dachi? Uh, yeah, I think George uh, explained uh, quite, quite well. So my background is more into academia. I also studied physics together with George 14 years ago. Yeah, it's been quite, quite some time. Time flies. Uh, then I went more into academia, as I mentioned. I did my PhD here in the Netherlands. And then with George, started working uh, on uh, Stack. So basically, we it's been like 20 years since last major innovation in the browser space. And uh, we are so used to with all this old way of uh, browsing that we even do not notice that, like I said, design of the browsers have not changed for past 20 years. And uh, if I just ask you if you can name any other software that uh, uh, or any other product, basically, that is used by 3.5 billion people and design is the same for past 20 years, it would be very hard to name anything except browsers. So we got kind of fed up with this old tab design, which was designed for browsing uh, 20 years ago, and that was primary behavior with the internet 20 years ago. But now we are not browsing anymore. We are working with tons of different types of applications. And I think browsers have not adapted to these modern needs. And this is where Stack comes in. So Stack has completely uh, different design. It's uh, nothing similar to conventional browsers. And uh, yeah, I would be happy to hear uh, questions you guys have. Of course. And one thing I find it really interesting is like what you said like browsers has been here for so many years and it, and just because all the design is the same doesn't mean we have to you know just stick to it and i one thing you know i i, I love about how you guys was thinking is that um you know it isn't a problem until somebody pointed out that it's a problem right so for example if nobody makes you know innovative design or thinking on how to upgrade it the, the system that we use were always going to be there until somebody came up with the idea like, hey guys, um, are we using this just because um, it's 
the the norm that we have been using it for you know 20 30 years or is there something else that we can improve so just tell me a little bit of how you guys transition from creating in you know like e-commerce uh, grocery shopping app to wanting to build stack because it's it's totally like you know two different kind of anger one is more towards uh, targeting the e-commerce um, you know e-commerce or streamline on how people shop groceries and the other is more towards the productivity of how they work today uh, yeah so these two are uh, actually totally unrelated uh, the reason why i mentioned the uh, online grocery ordering app is because that was the first thing that i uh, I, I personally was was doing and uh, where I discovered that actually even one uh, or two uh, simple people from, uh, you know, a small country can do something that millions of people will use and, and benefit from it. But uh, but the transitioning. Uh, so so but the story behind Stack and how it got started was that um, our third co-founder, uh, Zico, who is also our CTO, developed the first version of Stack. Uh, on one weekend. And it was just an application that opened social media platforms and uh, no other websites. But the beauty of it was that it could open these social media apps side by side on one screen. So in like a split screen mode. And then we uploaded it on Product Hunt. uh, And the first couple of hundred people who tried it were pretty amazed about this new experience of interacting with multiple social media applications at the same time. So, and then we got some feedback, you know, people were saying, why don't we have something like this for other types of web apps? Why don't we have something like this for emails, something like this for just regular websites, maybe reading apps or videos. So that's when we discovered what Dachi described, that people were already looking for an alternative way to, to browse because obviously there was something fundamentally wrong with the existing design of browsers. So we took this really seriously and we built a company around it. And by interacting really, really closely to our first couple of hundred users, we discovered that the reason why needed, the reason why they needed a different experience for, for uh, internet was that because they, they wanted to be more productive. And the old-fashioned uh, way of browsing the internet was hindering their productivity instead of helping them be more productive. So we named Stack the first browser for productivity, and we joined uh, 500 Startups Accelerator, which is the second largest you know, startup accelerator in the world, to learn from experts and to find out how we could have taken this from like a garage company to a uh, successful global company and global product. And while working on this you know, browser for productivity, we obviously interacted with other companies, other startups in our batch and also in, in other batches in, in, of 500 startup portfolio. And they quickly became our users. And that's when we discovered that the biggest productivity demand or re- biggest productivity request came from not only you know, being productive alone, but also to be able to be productive while working with other people online or um, otherwise saying to, while people were collaborating with other people. So imagine uh, there are small teams of startups, uh, creative people, product people who want to uh, collaborate remotely. And it's already like 2020, so the COVID is hitting and people are really, um, really trying to make their remote work as productive as their uh, 
on the spot working. So, but they don't have the, 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 the proper tools. And for collaboration, as you are aware, we use multiple different kinds of tools. For example, if we want to share files, we would use, um, I don't know, Google Drive or Dropbox or any other chat that allows large file sharing. If we want to chat, we use chat apps. If we want to share screen, we use, yeah, some of the you know, chat apps allow that, or we could use screen sharing apps separately. But if we want to work together and really uh, do one thing simultaneously uh, at the same time, then we would use something like a collaboration tool, for example, Figma or uh, Miro or like an endless canvas type of app. So I already named probably four different categories of, of collaboration apps, but there is, the, but these are for different purposes. And these applications are all open inside the browser. So we thought, okay, why don't we make a collaboration layer inside a browser that would make every other application or every other website that we open in that browser multiplayer. So this is how the idea of, a multi, of the first multiplayer browser was born. And then, uh, and, and then we started building it. But we also understood that building a um, full-scale multiplayer browser on the basis of a weekend project technology, and also with the small team that we were, by that time we were just six people, it was pretty, pretty much impossible. So we brought in uh, stellar engineers from uh, Opera, from Stripe, and from other large companies, uh, people who were familiar with more scalable technologies and how to build scalable products. And we raised funding from venture capital firms. And uh, yeah, if you, do, do you have a question, Pitas? Yeah. So yeah. I want, I, one thing, you know, uh, because my background was from uh, e-commerce, digital marketing. And one thing I really like about your project is you already done the so-called MVP, right? The minimal viable yes. product. So it's it's kind of like, for example, they always said like, you know, as long as your product, you are able to hit that 100 user mark or that first 100 people, you already got a data on, you know, whether people like this initiative or not. And one thing mm-hmm. that you guys have already done is product test even before launching the launching or you know working on it and i think this is something really important because the concept has to work first right so when the concept work you know that people on board needs this thing and when i'm looking at it for example i'm in a web tree space and every day um, i have like maybe three browsers that i use it for my laptop and the additional screen and each of the screen for example has like you know 10 to 20 tabs which sometimes you lost track on which tab you open at where mm-hmm. and you have to slowly one by one so the, the way I'm, I'm looking at this is that you have already interacted for example when we target social media right instagram tiktok twitter and facebook for example right so you have this whole thing in the system whereby it's no longer tabs anymore and people can integrate or seamlessly browse from one to another and i think this is something really important that you know even if we're not aware of it, but it's how we streamline our work to do better. So my question is that, for example, when you talk about multiplayer, right? When you talk about multiplayer, is it something, you, you, the players that you meant, it's um, different browsers or different websites that we open? Or what do you mean by that? Yeah, thanks for mentioning about the MVP, and that's absolutely correct. In fact, um, we already have uh, more than 15,000 users and we're very happy about it. But back to your question, what we mean by multiplayer is that, so imagine 
if we want to work together uh, on, and we have a client that has these social media uh, web so social media uh, profiles on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and on Twitter, right? And we want to manage his social media uh, platforms, but we want to do it together. How we would do it in the same office is that we would sit next to each other, you and I, and we would open both uh, of our laptops and you would manage one website and I would manage another website. And we would be able to see what you are doing in real time, what the other is doing in the real time. Yeah. So this is something that we transferred from the real life to, uh, to, uh, to the browser. So in the browser, inside Stack, we can create a workspace. In that workspace, we can open five, six, seven, as many applications as we want. And we can both join that workspace so we can work together. And if I open another application in that workspace, you will be able to see it and you will be able to interact with it. So this is what we call a multiplayer experience of the internet. By players, I mean different teammates or different users that want to work together on the same task. So it's, it's kind of like, for example, Avalic, uh, bringing stacks or you know, uh, to the next level, whereby not only you know, we are able to um, see in real time through the internet uh, on your browser that, you know, what we can kind of like monitor what the group is doing, what the team is doing and stuff like that, right? Absolutely. And we can also share information like files or screen or even a mouse cursor. So in terms of, um, in terms of stacks, is it separated? For example, you have like individual account whereby it's just only my personal work. Uh, versus a team account whereby, you know, every team is working on it and then we can cross-share information. Yeah, so you can have it both ways uh, as you prefer. Uh, you can create different workspaces and you can decide which workspace you want to share with which people. For example, you could be in two teams or even three teams at the same time, but also you could have uh, the fourth uh, workspace, which is an individual workspace and it's only your personally and not shared with anybody else. I see. And I think one thing really interesting is that um, this whole system that you guys created, it sounds like, you know, there's so much tedious work behind it uh, in terms of like the back-end design, the back-end structure. So to build a software like this, definitely you guys, um, need, you know, need to raise funds. It's not just something that, you know, one guy can fund everything because it involves like a team of devs. Um, you know, there's so many bugs that it's going to happen. You guys have to troubleshoot. So how do you kind of like um, solve this issue? Is it that you guys go to raise funds or something like that? Yeah, so uh, the first thing that we did is we uh, raised funding from friends and family. And then we raised a couple of rounds from angel investors. And finally, we got in uh, the venture capital firms. So uh, in total, right now, we have uh, over 11 investors uh, in the company. Nine out of them are venture capital firms and two angel investors, accredited angel investors. And in total, we have raised $2 million to support the uh, to support at least two years of engineers that can actually build the technology and then build a product on top of it. So at the last one and a half years, we have been uh, we have been growing the company, and now we are fourteen teammates in total. And right now, our team has already rebuilt the product that we initially built, and we also happen to build our own technology for building 
interactive browsers or multiplayer browsers. And we actually want to make that technology open source because um, we believe that other people will be able to build even better browsers than Stack is today. I see. And what is the uh, rational thinking or the decision behind wanting Stacks to be a Web3 company instead of a Web2? So first of all, we are huge believers in Web3. We believe that Web3 will be very soon uh, a very uh, obvious uh, future and everyone will be in Web3. So we just wanted to be one of the first companies to transition from Web2 to Web3. In terms of technology, for us, it means more transparency, more security, and uh, less hustle while trying to authorize or prove uh, your ownership or prove your uh, authority. Uh, and in terms of uh, technology, uh, I mean, uh, in terms of business, I'm sorry, uh, we think that it means more fairness because right now in, in the Web2 world uh, of tech companies, um, the profits go to the shareholders only and the users only get the product. And in Web3, there is an opportunity that uh, the profits or the rewards of the company will be distributed fairly among its stakeholders, including the users. So this is what we want to, this is the future that we like when we imagine it, and we want to help build this future. And this is why we considered uh, to move to Web3. Yeah, because one thing I, I've seen that why now most of the company or even myself is in the Web3 space is because it's more interactive with the users, right? So when we look at it, for, for example, a standard Web2 company is always about the consumer or the company pushing out a product and consumer use it and that's it. It's just a one-way flow of uh, information. But when we look it at a bigger scale of Web3, now it's an ever flow of information why? Because, you know, when you launch something, you have people coming into the, the browser. And not only that, you know, you have constant feedback, direct communication, and also everything is transparent in terms of, you know, utilization, fielding a part of it. It's always like, you know, it's different. For example, you wearing a Nike shoe versus you holding an NFT, right? When you yes. wear a Nike shoe and you see someone wearing a Nike shoe, it's so common and you, you won't, be like oh this guy has the same vibe we are the same family you we wouldn't feel that way but if in a web3 world right now and everybody for example is having a stack nft instantly we feel like you know what this guy also promotes for example productivity mindfulness and it's something that i promote and instantly we connect so the, the on the bigger scale this is something that i think most of the company is why, why they are looking into a web3 is one of the main reasons is this and in terms of you guys coming in wanting to be a web tree, building a product that is so sustainable, I think this is really a really good thing. So the next question is, you know, to build such such a thing, um, what was the you know the initial challenges that the team faces? Well, uh, as as every other company, our initial challenge was let's uh, distribute the product to to the users, let's show it to people, and let's see how how they like it. And uh, the first thing that we realized was that uh, this um, different experience of browsing was not very intuitive in the beginning for the users. And so 60% of people who first interacted with Stack didn't quite understand uh, how it worked. So this is why in the new version of Stack that we are releasing in October, uh, we have totally revamped the user experience. And also we have uh, created a self-explanatory guide that will uh, be like your first meter in the product. 
and it will explain how to benefit from Stack the most. Yep, and moving forward to this, I think one, one thing that is really important is that the user onboard experience has to be seamless, right? Because we are trying to break down, for example, the simple habits of going to an internet browser. Like, for example, if we are talking to somebody and they mention something that we don't know, instantly, you know, we will go to either Safari or Google Chrome and just search it. So I think that the initial barrier of entry, you know, in terms of using Stack is changing that mindset of, you know what, instead I should go on to Stack and search it. And what are the, you know, the simple ways that you guys think that is able to develop this habit? So, um, first of all, uh, the product should be uh, developed in a way that it's easy to, to be used by the, by, the, by the user and not the other way around. The user should invest a lot of time to uh, know how to use the product. So, we believe that the, the major, the, the easiest way or the best way to uh, help um, our new users to ad adapt with uh, how Step works is to build a product that will be intuitive. And uh, for that, we are taking the real life examples of how objects interact with each other and how things work. And we are trying to take that real life example and build it into the product so that people immediately understand that, let's say, if there is a button next to, um, you know, on my right, then if I push it, it will do this thing. Because in real world, uh, this is how the buttons work. This is just the, you know, uh, one, one example of uh, how we take the user experience from the real world to stack. But uh, yeah, we also try to see how uh, people are used to using other products, other types of products. And then we try to challenge it, whether or not that is the best way of using it. But the transition is always something that should be taken care of. So, yeah, we're trying to do our best. Yep. And I can see that you guys not only focus on building, you know, a better browser or a better system to, you know, eliminate the browser, but you guys also focus a lot on, like, mindfulness. So what is this uh, part that you guys talk about mindfulness? Maybe you can share a little bit. Of course. So, uh, as I was saying, when we started building the multiplayer browser inside the Startup Accelerator, we quickly realized that um, the problem uh, that that the, our our initial users were facing didn't come only from the software or the browser itself, but also from the nature of the internet. And today, internet has become a very messy and distracting place. Everything that we stumble upon online uh, is fighting for our attention and for our time. And we get these uh, endless ads and endless notifications that distract us from what is really important to us in that moment. So by mindfulness or by mindful online living, we mean that Stack will have an environment that will help people be aware and be mindful about how they spend the major part of their day, uh, which applications they spend more time on, and also what kind of data they share with other third-party applications or other people online. And we believe that in this way, people will not only have more information about their habits, but they will be more in control of, of their own uh, habits and actions. And by the end of the day, they will feel more, more pleasant and more nice because they will know they spent their time on something that was truly important in their life. So this is what we mean by by mindfulness, and not the not the uh, you know original uh, or the most popular 
uh, understanding of this word, which is right now meditation. Instead, uh, we believe that people should be aware of uh, how they use the internet and how they benefit from the internet and not the other way around. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on this point. Is because when we talk about mindfulness, it's actually being aware of what you use the time. You know, how are, are you living um, the way you should? Or are you maximizing your productivity in a day, right? Because like what you said, every day we are bombarded with like, for example, ads. That's so easy, for example, me right now, um, you know, going onto the browser wanting to search something and then instantly, um, you know, a notification of my phone or my WhatsApp ping me, right? Or Discord. And then I go to Discord and then I, you know, I, I try to search everything. And then when I come back to the main purpose on why I open the internet is probably past already an hour or two hours, <laughs> right? So I, I mean, I'm also a victim of this. And in terms of, you know, taking it to the next level, in terms of your, your system, uh, right now, for example, like for me to increase my productivity, I use like the Pomodoro timer, right? Meaning that 20 minutes, you do your work, 20 minutes, uh, uh, sorry, 20 minutes, you do your work, 10 minutes, you rest, then 20 minutes, you do your work, then 10 minutes, you rest. So it's kind of like, you know, when, when the resting is whereby, you know, you reply your emails, uh, you reply your phone or your Discord messages. So in terms of this, uh, is tech going to provide all these kind of like simple techniques of productivity in your system? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I also use uh, Pomodoro timer uh, sometimes, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's good, it, it's really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I also tried uh, other other types of like if you search how to uh, properly manage your time or how to master your time management, you will find so many techniques and so many possibilities that. Uh, you know, trying each one of them would, would take actually a lot of time. And uh, so I, I guess it's a, it's a preference uh, matter and everyone has their own way of, uh, of managing their, their time properly. Of course, we will have uh, different options. Uh, we are not going to build our own Pomodoro timer. We want to enable other third-party developers to build applications that will be integrated instead. And this way, uh, people will have multiple options and also people will be able to take part in building the ultimate browsing experience. But what we, what we will definitely take care of from our side is to create the environment where uh, no, no distractions will come to uh, people without their, their will. So you, when, once you sit in front of uh, Stack, you will be able to manage not only, uh, let's say, which application sends you uh, a, a notification, but also in what time frame you will receive notifications or in what kind you will receive notifications. Will it be only sound or will it be uh, you know, sound and something else? Uh, and we are also thinking about notification batching because uh, this is, for us, it proved to be uh, quite um, empowering and, and successful. Um, yeah. So you were to say, if I want to rephrase it, is for example, right now, um, my like Discord is connected to Stack, right? And then I can set it like, for example, every 30 minutes, only it will ping me of all the notification I have. Is it something like this? Yeah, th this is absolutely possible. By the way, um, there are some of the aspects uh, of, of the product or of the um, let's, of different features that we are not quite sure uh, what is the best way to do it. And obviously, we try to lead, read literature and see how other applications are doing it. But we are very strong believers that the community or the, the 
like the user base of SEG knows best what is good for them. So what we want to do, and you also mentioned this in, in your previous question uh, shortly, what we want to do is we want to uh, be very actively getting feedback from these people and not only just a verbal feedback, but also we want to enable, especially our NFT holders, to have a say in terms of which features we will prioritize and how we will actually build these features. And this is an additional reason why we wanted to move to Web3 and why we wanted to have our own uh, NFT collection, because with these NFT collection, we can identify the earliest step believers and we can uh, be sure that the voice that is coming from a customer is the voice that uh, is coming from someone who has been a user for a long time. Yeah, and it's really important that, for example, you, the, the, the system allow us to, for example, customize to how we adapt with work, right? Because most of us, we have a different working system that best suits for our character or personality. So I think that, you know, one thing that is really important is the system allows us to kind of like modify and adapt into the way we work. And this is something that it, will help us so in terms of you know um having for example if just say i'm currently using um calendly loom uh, notion right so do i have to is it a system whereby i don't have to use all those function anymore and i just use stack or i integrate like all these different kinds of like loom uh, notion into stack so in the initial stage, by the way, we also use Notion in the team and I personally use Boom. So yeah, it's really, really nice stuff. Uh, so in the initial stage, um, we want to integrate every, uh, every single application. So, well, you, you can actually use already. We, don't, we do not have to integrate everything one by one. Uh, if you download Stack today, you can open Notion there, you can open Loom there. But uh, what we want to do is we want to integrate them seamlessly so that it feels like they are not separate applications, but they are a feature of, of Stack. Because that way, it is much more convenient from the user's perspective that they are not going somewhere else and they are not just they are not opening a separate application, but it is, it, it is integrated right there in their workflow. For example, if you take Loom, they have built their product in, in the way that it is very seamlessly integratable, for example, in Chrome and or even on the desktop. And you can have Loom uh, shortcuts uh, yeah. anywhere, any, anywhere in, in any, any workflow you need. So we want to have something similar, but in a very clean way, uh, integrated in Stack. But when we move uh, on later stages, for example, uh, when it came to the security um, features, we sat and thought, do we want to uh, enable people to install their own ad shields or ad blockers, or shall we have our own ad blocker in, integrated in Stack? And we made a decision to build our own ad blocker because that enabled us to take care of security much better than if we were dependent on a third-party uh, ad blocker application. So when it comes to you know, being sure that we do not compromise security or we do not compromise speed, we prefer to build our own solutions to uh, different problems that users have. But uh, when it comes to uh, just you know, a choice and when it's, when it's not a problem, uh, when, when it doesn't compromise anything, of course we want to enable people to use anything they want in a third party.
Hello, sorry. Can you hear oh, me right now? Yes. Sure, sure. I, yeah, yes. I myself. Yeah. So the the things that you have been talking about is, and you know, I think in your own um, Twitter page, you already have a trait talking about you know all the stuff that you guys do. And one thing that I really like about it's this thing called the fly mood. Maybe you can explain a little bit, or you know, what is the fly mood? Sure. So fly mode is actually in nature of stack. It is the way stack is being built. Um, so basically what fly mode means that inside the browser, in, in a normal browser like Chrome, for example, uh, if you want to switch from one application to another, you need to switch a tab. You need to go up there and press the tab or you need to use a keyboard shortcut and, uh, you know, type a number of tab that you want to switch to. But in fly mode, you actually navigate between different tabs or between different applications with, uh, with keyboard, just like you would do in the game. Most of the games, computer games, uh, if you have to navigate, you would use WASD keys, and this is how you move around on the map. And we have built the same experience for navigating uh, different tabs. So if you press W, you would jump up and see a different stack. If you press A, you would go left and see a card that is right next to the card, right on the left to the card that you are looking at. And this makes the navigation really, really fast, but also it enables people to mind map where their applications exactly are in, in a virtual three-dimensional space. So uh, the navigation becomes not only fast, but also easy because you know exactly where to go to find Facebook, for example. Yeah, it can be as simple as all of my, for example, social media is at the stack above me, right? So if I want to, for example, is my, during my rest time, I want to look at Instagram, I just have to press W and I instantly fly to Instagram, right? Exactly. And you yeah. will have a feeling of exactly like flying up <laughs> and not just, you know, something disappeared and uh, another thing appeared. So this is why we call it the fly mode. Awesome, awesome. And I, I think it's the, the whole system that you guys have thought of is kind of like how, um, you know, for example, in Web2, people are buying stocks. But right now in Web3, people are buying NFT of the company, right? So it's kind of like making it gamified in a fun way in buying to, into a company. And it's the same thing as how you guys are building, making browser fun again. I would think of it as that way of, you know, sometimes using a traditional way is kind of like boring. And in, the, in, in current nature right now, we are always looking for that, you know, new um, short, short burst of excitement or short burst of fun. And I think this can actually, you know, make it more fun, more seamless. And it's something that's really, I mean, really good about your browser. Yeah, thank you very much for mentioning it. Actually, let me tell you a few words about the utility of our NFT and uh, what uh, the, the NFT holders might expect. Uh, and I, I want, like, as a, as, a, as a teaser, I would say that it's not only the benefit that you get from Stack NFT, but it's also a slight bit of responsibility. But, uh, but don't be scared about it. So uh, <laughs> this is how it goes. <laughs> yeah, so, so this is how it goes. The, the first utility that the NFT holders will get is the lifetime access to the premium version of Stack. So uh, one thing that I didn't mention is that Stack goes on the free plan and also on the paid plan. And what paid plan offers is basically collaboration and uh, productivity layer on top of browsing. Browsing is free, just like in any other browser. 
But uh, if you need collaboration, if you want to co-browse or if you need to have a multiplayer experience on a certain website, then you would pay per seat. So imagine a three-people team that want to be collaborating or be um, uh, browsing in multiplayer mode. They would be paying $30 a month for this experience. But uh, a lifetime deal gives uh, a person access to stacked premium for, for the whole life. So uh, this is the first utility that will come with the, with the stack NFT. And the number of seats in that lifetime deal will depend on the rarity of the NFT. Uh, it will be from three players to 55 players. So imagine you mint stack NFT and you get a 20 seat uh, um, space or 20 seat uh, collaboration plan. That means that you can uh, call your 19 friends and bring them in your workspace and then set permissions and be able to browse together, be able to manage multiple applications together with your 19 friends. Of course, if you don't need a, a you know 20 people uh, workspace, you can basically sell that NFT and some other company who has a 20 people team will buy it to uh, collaborate and be productive on buying. Uh, this is so the first utility. The second utility. I... Uh, yeah, go ahead, please. Go ahead. Is, is okay. uh, so, yeah, so, okay, okay, maybe uh, don't forget the question because I really want to uh, hear it, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the second utility is, uh, is the revenue sharing. Uh, we couldn't come up with a better name for it because it's just what it is, uh, but to explain it to you, what we mean by it is that uh, every NFT will have a number of linked subscriptions to it, meaning how many subscriptions from Stack will they get uh, the revenue from? Okay, uh, let's let's take a step back. Stack is not only selling NFTs, but it's also selling uh, monthly uh, subscriptions, right? And uh, we managed to uh, sell, we managed to convert 10% of our customers so far, and it's a very nice uh, conversion rate. So imagine uh, that Stack has 1,000 paying customers, and you bought an NFT, and it says that you have 10 linked subscriptions. This means that Stack will pay you a certain percentage of its revenue uh, for, for, for contributing to the company's benefits. But if you become, uh, if you contribute more, you will receive more shares from, from Stack's revenue. But, and if you become, let's say, um, if, if you earn different roles while you contribute to, to Stack's development, then you will earn even more. And different verticals of contribution are, let's say, product uh, feedback, um, it may be even product development. It could be growth if you bring uh, a step to your friends or other or, people who will benefit from it. That's a different role. And uh, yeah, it goes on and on. In total, you can, uh, you can generate 51% of Stack's revenue from a certain number of subscriptions. And... My question, um, or just now that I'm wanting to ask, in, in terms of this, when I look about it, it's more towards somebody who is running a team. For example, I have my own team of like 10 people, right? So in terms of this, your customers, are you looking more towards uh, business owners or B2B kind of customers or B2C? In terms of the collaboration, obviously the people who will benefit most from it are uh, team leaders or even the small teams just you know to be able to collaborate 
But stack premium is not only about collaboration. It is also about productivity and it's also about organization. So right now, uh, how we see in our existing paying customers, 80% of them are just individual users, individual professionals who have their job, who are freelancers, for example, or who are, uh, let's say, uh, community managers, and they have their own uh, their own workspaces, which help them generate revenue and which help them, you know, uh, make a living. So for these people to be able to uh, be more efficient at work and make more money during the day, this is something that is in the pay package. And most of our paying customers are individuals. However, of course, once the collaboration functionality is up and running, then we will uh, target uh, the teams and enterprises too, because that's where the, the real value of Stack uh, really comes to shine. Yeah, and I, one, one thing I really love is that the whole model of utilizing Web3, like Web3 is always about, you know, um, growing together with the company. And in terms of your revenue model sharing system, uh, you know, the more you use it, the more you support it. And then in terms of promoting it, you know, introducing a new system to your team everybody's using or utilizing the ecosystem and then you know in terms of that you still get revenue back i think this is something uh, really big that it that's why you know web3 is currently so-called disrupting all markets in terms of being in web2 right and i think you know this whole conversation with with you today helps helps a lot in terms of how we see you know evaluating uh, or pushing the boundaries of how we use our work. Like, for example, Notion is good, but how if you integrate every tools that you're using right now in a single place whereby, you know, it's seamless for you to just move left, right, up and down. And maybe my, we can end with one last question for me is that um, in terms of you launching your NFT, what is the short-term plan or short-term goal by this year of the team and also your long-term goal? Yeah, so... Um... It's worth mentioning that this NFT project for us is a way of gathering a community that believes in the future that we also believe in. Uh, like we do not depend on uh, on the money that will come from the NFTs uh, because we have revenue, because we have investors, but we definitely depend on people who will join us uh, during this NFT collection because without their voice and without their help, Stack will be just another browser that is built for productivity. But with the help of people who understand technology, who uh, are eager to help uh, support a, an idea like this, Stack will become something that uh, everyone will use in the future. So uh, the short-term goal is to uh, gather at least 5,000 people who will uh, actively contribute and actively participate in, in Stack. And then uh, the, the long-term goals are, of course, because we are shifting towards uh, Web3, uh, one thing that we want to build is uh, a functional that allows people to authorize everywhere online with only just their uh, wallet. And this is something that no other browser supports. This is something that we really think uh, will make um, internet much more secure and much more you know, privacy-oriented. But uh, we need people from within our community to support it and to help us unlock uh, the hex on how to actually build this solution. So uh, the next, uh, the future goals are to um, uh, to ex expand our, our community with people that will help us build the product. Yeah, I think it's, it's one thing um, 
being the the first entry in in terms of um, you guys is getting users on board, and you have already you know decided or test out the system, and people really love it. So the next challenge for you guys um, is to you know getting that five thousand people in, and I believe with your system, if the integration everything is done or well thought of, it will be a huge thing for people to try because you know each we are always bombarded with stuff and we every day trying to increase our productivity. And if your solution is a is a solution to the problem that we are facing or the Web three people are facing. Then this is definitely something big, and I'm really happy that you guys are here to build a system for us. And this is really a pleasure for you guys to hop on the space and share your vision and mission of your company. Yeah, absolutely. We're super happy to be here and super happy for the opportunity to share what we're doing. By the way, we recorded a product demo for people who really want to see how it works because it's much better to see once than listen to me explaining the stack ten times. So yeah, I would definitely encourage you to see it. If there's any questions regarding how that is, uh, uh, like um, how other features will uh, evolve in stack, or maybe just. Uh, totally unrelated questions to stack, but maybe a general idea or maybe the technology. We're always open and eager to, you know, chat with people who are interested in this space. Um, also, we have a very good knowledge base. I think we, um, we, we must have shared it with you. If not, we will definitely do it right after the call where you can read everything about our revenue sharing model and also the, the rarity and the logic behind it and every other aspect of our NFT project as well as our business and product philosophy. So, yeah, eager to share that all with you. Okay. Thanks a lot, brother, for being here. Uh, thanks a lot, Daichi, for being here as well. And I wish you all the best. Uh, success to you. And I can't wait to uh, onboard and be one of your users as well. Thank you. Enjoying the podcast? Go to the PewCast Twitter page and subscribe to the newsletter. We'll write a summary that you can read in three to five minutes if you don't have time to tune in. Remember to click the notification button so you don't miss the next episode. All Things Rainbow. All Things Rainbow.